Welcome to the In My Sight Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Fay. I have very special guests in the building with special announcements. We have some Mr. K. Capshaw and Mr. Danny Trevino. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, fellas? What's up, guys? So what's been going on, man? Well, we are very excited. We're here at South by Southwest 2019, and uh, we uh, we all did a movie together. You know, it's called Headphones. Uh, Kanan Capshaw wrote it and directed it. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I'm the, the star in the movie with the... Mm-hmm. Uh, Another one of our amazing actresses here in Austin, Katusha uh, Robert, and uh, Drew Fay. You're in it too. Yeah, boy. And so, from what I know about this, uh, as you guys know, the listeners, me and D Train go way back. We're always collabing on stuff. So he asked me to be part of this project and came on and shot uh, my scene that I was in last summer. So it's all about. Uh, well, I'll let Danny kind of explain more of it since he knows the whole thing, but. Of course, the title is Headphones, and this thing is hilarious, man. It actually sold out the Violet Crown Theater uh-huh. in Austin recently, and it was just hilarious. Laughs throughout. Great thing to be a part of. Even my little scene, it was pretty funny. And, it's uh, really you funny. Know, I really look forward to uh, working with you guys again. So let everybody know a little bit about what Headphones is. And, like, well, yeah, yeah. Kanan, why don't you give a little synopsis okay. to the film? Yep. Yeah. Well, um, so the, the premise to the film is this guy is inviting his girlfriend over for the first time to cook for her. So he's kind of trying to take it to the next level, get her get her to the house, you know, kind of woo her a bit and cook. And uh, he changes his Facebook profile picture, uh, which, you know, was him with his headphones in because he was a single guy, you know, kind of loved his music, that type of thing. And the he changes his profile picture to him and the new girl, and the headphones get jealous, and so they will stop literally at nothing to ruin this guy's date. So basically the headphones come to life, y'all, and they're actually like jealous of me and my new girlfriend and um, things take funny twists and turns throughout the whole movie. Oh, without a doubt. Like even just sitting in the theater, you could just hear people cracking out and like the most, you wouldn't normally think, they weren't like the punchline and people were still laughing right. basically. Yeah. So I mean, this is just crazy. So it's Kanan, a fun, it's yeah. a fun dark comedy, and it, it just people don't expect this out of this movie. You know, right. it, it's so different that it actually works. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a weird concept that it works, and so we're really excited because we just found out just about twenty minutes ago that we got into our first film festival. Uh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we got into the um, Webisode Festival that's taking place in Houston, Texas, uh, April twenty sixth and twenty seventh, um, and we're going to be screening um, Saturday night. Uh, headphones is going to be uh, w- one of the uh, screens. Out of 25, uh, 2,600 selections, uh, we, we got selected out of 2,600 entries. So for people who don't know, you know, what what's like the process of actually getting into a film festival, let alone getting selected to premiere? A, a lot of it has to do with really knowing your audience and the market that you want to go into because there's so many different festivals out there now. It's, it's insane. Like small ones pop up. And there's bigger ones. Obviously, people know those like Sundance and Con and all those ones and we're not we're not that ambitious and yet. South by Southwest which, and we, South by Southwest, which yeah. we missed the deadline for this year but we're going to try to enter next year so hopefully by by that time we will get into South by Southwest and 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 so what we're really happy about with this uh with this submission and this and this acceptance is the fact that we're kind of breaking inertia and hopefully this takes us and we can start getting more submissions gaining those laurels and then really bring it home at South by next year yeah and so ba- it's basically like if you know if you have a movie um, what happens is, you know, you want to get it into film festival. That way, you can get distribution later down the road, um, and you also want people to see your movie, you know, on a big screen, on, you know. And um, so, people submit their movies, you know. And just because you submit to a film festival doesn't mean that you're going to get in, mm-hmm. you know. So, out of those twenty six hundred people who submitted to this film festival, we we got in, 
and you know there's only a certain amount of screen time that gets to get into these film festivals it's only two days so they you know there's only a handful of people get to get in the festival so we're very excited that headphones um got selected as that uh, as, as in one of the closing and closing night too so that's really cool um it's gonna be a really really cool process and um you know we can't wait for more people to see it film festivals are great because that's how i met kanan you know um south by southwest you know i met him last year he was literally one year ago yeah one year ago yeah and now we have a movie together and we're, we just found out we're getting into another film festival so boom yeah i met him um he was uh editing for uh, robert rodriguez's rebel without a crew series yep. and um you know he was uh at a bar with the director alejandro um Montoya Marin, who um, you know, I did a film with called Monday, and uh, Kanan was there, and we just, we just clicked. And then he's like, he came back down over the summer to work with Robert again on a documentary, and I met up with Danny one night at, at a local bar, Little Woodrow's, right over here around the and, corner. And yeah, so, oh, Little Woodrow's. Uh, yeah. And then uh, and yeah, sat there a few tequila shots later. I just kind of looked at him. I was like, so I have a stupid idea for a movie. What do you think about this idea? And Danny just goes, give me a script. So I went home, immediately kicked out a 14-page script, a version he one. He wrote it that night after all the tequila shots. And I had a script in the morning in my email. And I was like, what is this? And, <laughs> I, was, I, yeah, and I, was like, I was like, let's shoot it. And so we finally shot it, what, last July? Yeah, last and, July. And uh, now we're in our first film festival. And, you know, and South by Southwest is great because um, this is the second director I've met at South by Southwest that I've worked with, you know, um, Director Juan C. Vasquez, um, I met him in 2014 at a film at the film festival too. So you know, and we did a feature film called Murder Book, which is going to be out on Amazon here in the next month or so, um, which is really exciting. And then I meet Kanan. So like, you know, these film festivals are fun, great networking opportunities, mm -hmm. and uh, we're just really hype and excited that that headphones is going to be going out to a bigger, wider audience. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just South by Southwest is awesome. I met tons of people through that, and I think you're right. Networking is probably like the most important the most treasured thing of the whole deal. Yeah. And on that note, shout out to my nephew, Amari, who hey. got his short film selected into South by Southwest this year, an animated short, so he's crushing it on that. That's so, so great. Congratulations. Yeah, he's Congrats in high school. In that's high school, awesome. that's insane, yeah. dude. Yeah. And so, you know, on the podcast, Danny, you know this, I pretty much like to pick the mind and interview entrepreneurs and people who are doing their thing and mm -hmm. living their, their dreams. And so the audience is fairly familiar with you because I have you on pretty much almost every podcast. I yeah. <laughs> so, you know, being my homie and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. Kanan, I want to get a chance to pick your brain sure. now as an editor, um, as someone who was born, kind of grew up in the mecca of location-wise, the music biz or movie business and that sort of thing. So Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. L.A. So what what was your first project? How did you kind of get started in the business? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. I was kind of born into it. My, my dad was a TV producer, editor, writer, director. My mom was in film finance and foreign film distribution. So I, I kind of had a really wide variety growing up, but I was always around it. I feel like I kind of learned through osmosis or just like being around it. You know, I never I never went to film school. I never did any of that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I even went so far as to being like, I don't want to be in entertainment because I don't want to be like my parents. You know, so I, mm -hmm. I went to culinary school and then realized, well, fuck, I'm good at entertainment stuff. So let me get into that. And, and then I just worked my way up from, you know, an assistant editor at nights on uh, reality shows and then just kept going and then kept going and learned tools throughout and then just you know working on rubble without a crew eventually as a supervising editor and uh, a couple other projects with Ray network I, I really started to realize you know what it's about is getting out there and just making your own content and and so 
worked was super inspiring and working um you know and then meeting obviously danny here and this guy can attest to it he, he kicked my ass a little bit when i had to actually get shit done there was a there's a few moments where it almost didn't happen and i'm really glad it did yeah i mean there's times you know we wrote you know cam started off really quick he uh you know he wrote the script one night and we you know then we we're trying to figure out a shooting date and uh you know i i got all the locations ready um i you know we got the actors you know we got we got katusha we got drew you know and but then there was a lull. There was like a little bit of, right. you know, when are we going to fire off and actually shoot? Right. And like we had everything kind of set up for headphones. And we just didn't know when we were going to shoot. And finally, like, another drunken night, me and Kenan went out. And yeah. um, finally, we kind of almost got in a little fight at the hotel room. And I'm like, if you don't do this, you're never going to do this. And we're never going to shoot this movie. And you're just going to keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it if you don't shoot it. And, and then Danny stormed off and left. And I left. <laughs> Carry, and, carrying his heels over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That's right, sure. And, um, but yeah, I left. And then next morning, just like the script, Kanan had a plane ticket. He sent me, he's like, I'm coming back this date. And I was like, all right, we're shooting now. And so we shot it all, you know, almost the whole time, almost like 95% of the movie at my apartment, uh, which turned into a, a, a studio. We had so much equipment in my apartment. I, I have a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, behind-the-scenes shot. And it was just, everywhere. it was everywhere. And, you know, we shot for two days, and, you know, I lived on a movie set. You know, it was like, my windows were blacked Isn't out. Isn't that your dream? Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> but, but I, I woke up, and I felt like I was, like, on Friends or something. Like, like it was, like, a, a weird studio setup, and there was all these crazy lights and everything. And um, I'm like, this is what I signed up for as an actor. <laughs> and, um, and we got the, uh, the other location, which is Proof Liquor Store. And they were very accommodating. That's where we shot your scenes at. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's not easy making films, you know. And sometimes you just got to go out and try and do it, you know. And then after that, after we finished shooting, we, we wrapped in two days, which is a, a right. long shoot. Well, we, we had a really ambitious and aggressive ske shoot schedule. I mean, we there were scenes ultimately that were in the script that, you know, we either shot and they got cut from the film. Or there was a couple of things where we were like, you know, we don't need to shoot this. Like, let's of course. Just, it's not because we don't have the time. Because we, we had only we had two days to shoot fourteen days worth of or fourteen pages worth of what, script. Yeah, which and is a lot for people who don't know. Yes, right. a whole lot. So whenever you go in to edit something like that, so a fourteen-page script, how long did it take you to edit from whenever the time you actually sat down with all the footage to the time where it was done? Well, a lot longer than I wanted it to. But um, yeah, part of that, you know, is just me working as an editor on other projects, and then you know, this is obviously my baby, my my mm -hmm. free time. So a lot of it was sitting down again to edit more. Sometimes I just needed a break from it. But once once I really got it going, it, it took a few weeks. Like a, like if I if I have to put all the days together that I worked mm -hmm. on it, probably about three weeks in, in edit. And then there was also the finishing, which was you know color correction and, and sound mix and those those things. And uh, we had to get uh, the the music rights, too. right? The music yeah. rights, mm -hmm. uh, because we do we do use a, a the song "My Guy" by Mary Wells, which I feel really sets the tone for, for the whole film. Yeah, it was it was fun, but it, it took a while. And you know the the one part that was tough was getting the sync done, like the actual audio sync with the footage. You know, I, it's what I used to do when I was an assistant editor. And then I sat there to do it for my own thing. And I was like, man, I really wish I had an assistant editor yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, we did we did have a couple technical issues on set. Um, a couple times our scratch mic didn't record. So I had to, like, sit there and be like, all right, is this the right take? Find the slate and then, like, listen to it and actually visually line it up. And, uh, you know. That's very time consuming yeah. for people who don't know. Understand yeah. That. And we also, <laughs> had, we also had some hiccups on set as well. Um, I, uh, I got injured. 
Yeah, bit. talk a little bit about the bloodshed. <laughs> okay, there's some bloodshed on set. So there's a scene where I'm... Danny bled for this project. Yes, literally. I literally bled. It's a weird scene. I know this is crazy sounding, but I, uh, I'm i fighting with the headphones, and I'm trying to flush them down the toilet. So my, in my, uh, you know, my idea was I'll, I'll lift the toilet seat up, and it'll come down on the top of my head, because I'll hit it so hard, and, uh, you know, then struggle with him and try to flush him down the toilet. Which was written into the script that it kind of hit hit him in the head. And so, you know, we yeah. he, he was going for it. Yeah, so the first take, totally fine. Everything is great. And I'm like, okay, let's do it again. Second take, I go in there, I lift the toilet seat up, and I, I go in to try to flush the headphones down the toilet. And I go in so hard that, that the toilet seat hits me right in the face after I, after I had lifted it up. It came back down, and both toilet seats hit me in the face and knocked me to my ass and my nose like exploded and I was bleeding from the bridge of my nose and I still kept going with the scene and um, it's one of the funniest things in the movie oh yeah. for sure I think like just sitting in the theater that got like the biggest roar of yeah. laughter and it was all genuine well and, and, and legitimately as a director you know I I don't ever want anybody to get injured on set like that's not something you want as a director ever but you know, when you're watching this through a little monitor, I'm sitting there going, shit, Danny's going for it. Okay. And, and, you know, I'm like watching it, not really thinking that he actually hit it that hard. <laughs> I thought, I thought he was like playing it first. And then when I, and then when he finally sat down and like, there's this, there's a, there's a shot where he turns and looks at Katusha cause she, she kind of walks up to be like, you know, what, what the fuck's going on. And as soon as he turned and I saw it on his nose, I was like, Oh shit! It started okay. bleeding. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's actually an injury. Fuck. And it, but he, but you know, Danny being a, a massive talent here, just you know, he he went for it and he just kept going. Didn't didn't break character. Um, oh, you know, uh, but but we ended up it, it it ended up working for the film. Yeah, and Katusha was like, as soon as they yelled cut, she goes, "Oh my god, are you okay?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I just I just felt my face bleeding, and it sucked because you know. Filmmaking, you film out of order, right? So mm-hmm. we didn't have a makeup girl on set. You know, we had our sound girl, and um, we had to shoot a scene that takes place. Like after I started bleeding, we had to film a, a scene that took place before that. Right. Well, so I so, can't. I can't have a bloody nose. Yeah. So so for the listeners, kind of what we had to do, uh, Katusha Robert, um, uh, my lead actress in this film. We had her for one day, and I and I only had her for the first day of shooting. So we had to shoot everything with her first. And then, by the way, she's an amazing actress. She did so good on this, and she's so she funny did. in this film. What's her Instagram? Uh, Just look up Katusha Roberts. She's everywhere. This girl she's is working nonstop. Yeah. She's a hustler. She's, she's an a, alien at South by right she's now. She's an alien at South by Southwest <laughs> right now. She's an Aries. What up, Team Aries? Hey. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so we, we ended up having to shoot her scenes first because... Just scheduling reasons, we only had her for the first day, so we opted to shoot all the you know early stuff day two, which isn't a problem because it was mostly Danny and obviously with you. But once Danny decided to you know go toe to toe with a toilet seat, <laughs> he uh, he had a cut on his face. So <coughs> we, we had to... out. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, got knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got my ass kicked by a toilet. Yeah, yeah, not many, that's on my resume now. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and. Uh, Anyway, we, we ended up, uh, you know, having to do it out of order, but it... but it... So, so that, that sucked because then we had to cover up the, the, the blood on my face, right, and the scar. So we didn't have any makeup on set, you know. Our sound girl was a makeup girl, but she didn't think we should need any makeup, right, because mm-hmm. we're, just, we're just filming easy stuff, blah, blah, blah. So we had to call my sister over, because she lives, like, right down the road, to bring some makeup over to the house. 
And Shout she, out Denise. Yeah, what's up, Denise? <laughs> Nisi. And um, so she uh, she came over and we had to put stuff on my face. And she's like, what did you do? And um, and then the second day, our sound girl brought makeup, Heather, and um, and uh, and she fixed it up, you know, my nose. And it was like this weird, like, plaster stuff she had to put on my nose. Yeah. And it sucked because then other scenes, we had to take it off because it was after me hitting uh, the toilet. Oh, so I had to keep taking that off and it would open the wound again. <laughs> and the only way you could take it off is with, with, with alcohol. So it was just stinging my nose and, yeah. Man. Movie making, ladies and gentlemen. For the love. For the love. So I'll, I'll pose this question to each of you guys. I like always asking people stuff like this. So uh, I'll start with you, Kanan. So sure. whenever you were young and you were thinking, okay, well, you mentioned going to culinary school and this and that. Did you ever think that you would be in the business? And, and if so, what's actually different from what you would have imagined? Um, good question. Uh, I, I did. I, originally, like before I had decided, you know, to do the culinary route, that was sort of the rebellious teen years. But when I was young, I actually was making movies uh, at home. Um, you know, Back to the Future 4 was one of my first ones. Uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and as well as I think I, I did Star Wars 7 before J.J. Abrams ever got to it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and, and being young, it was also finding creative ways to do things. And, you know, with my dad being in the business, you know, like it was very basic visual effects for the Back to the Future one. But we... I don't know if you guys remember, but the old like tube TVs, when you put it to like the line setting, it would go blue. Mm-hmm. So we we basically took a car, put it on strings in front of that thing, <laughs> and that and that was you know we added like a cheesy like '90s like tunnel. Um, but I learned how to key when I was like seven years old, and so it was kind of like learning that stuff. And yeah, I, I I had an aptitude for it when I was a kid. I wanted to do it. It was fun. It was, you know, you're playing make believe with your friends, and it was it was always the fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, yeah. And then getting into it, uh, what's different? Um, I mean, I feel like the business has changed a lot since, you know, when I was a kid, um, more so in the fact that I think it's actually harder for independent filmmakers to get out there. Um, not necessarily because it's so oversaturated, but also, but because I feel like a lot of the people who can give you the exposure that you want or need aren't doing it anymore. Like you look at something like, I mean, you look at what Robert did with uh, with El Mariachi, right? Like way back when, but he got picked up by big studios pretty much right away because they were willing to take a chance on newer filmmakers. Then versus now, it's like you know blockbuster trilogies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that that might be the biggest change I feel is really there. But hmm. but it's also easier now to make films than it was back then. So, oh, without a doubt. So, like so, I was just about I was that made me think of that when you were talking about the whole thing with the string in the car, like. I used to make movies when I was a kid too mm. and they were just like so rudimentary right. with like fireworks and like M80s and stuff going right. off yeah, and more yeah. movies and smoke right. and now all you gotta do is pull out your iPhone yeah. right? dress your buddies up and yeah. boom you got a film yeah. put it on YouTube and it's a wrap yeah, right? exactly. for sure. you might not be get a whole lot of exposure but it's at right. least out there you can send people there Danny what about you man same uh, question yeah man um, you know I I think I kind of always knew that I kind of wanted to do this. Um, I didn't know I knew, but I think it was just always, you know, in, in me. Um, I, my first play I did was before I could even uh, read. You know, it was Twas the Night Before Christmas, and they picked me for some reason to recite the whole Twas the Night Before Christmas in front of this whole audience on a microphone. And the teacher just had pictures on the page, just scrolling the page. And, I, and they had a little play going on behind me, but I was on the mic. Before I could even read, in front of hundreds of people, 
and just reciting Toy the Night Before Christmas. My parents didn't know, like, where is this coming from? How did he, mem- <laughs> how did he memorize this whole thing? So that's how I kind of got started with that. And then, you know, my, my mom and dad would take me to movies, and my aunt, um, who I call sister because she's my mom's sister, um, she would take me to the movies every Sunday. And, you know, my imagination would just take off seeing Star Wars or, you know, all those movies. And, and I kind of always just wanted to be that, you know. But I didn't really know until I got into a theater class, like in middle school, how cool it was. And then um, I had to stop in high school because I played sports. And then um, got back into it in college. I was a, you know, a mass comm major and a theater minor. And, um, and then my first movie was Varsity Blues. You know, I was just a, uh, an extra on it. Um, but then I became a featured extra. And, you know, that was a whole summer worth of filming, and that kind of just gave me the bug to really go for it. And, um, you know, I, I, it was just uh, one of those things. Um, and then I got back into it, and um, then got the Alamo movie, which, you know, had to do all kinds of training for that. Um, we had to go to, like, uh, boot camp, basically, learn how to march, learn how to shoot guns as Mexican soldiers, all kinds of stuff like that. And then, you know, just kept going with it. And, um, you know, I really started just, you know, really pursuing it and then you know I was a radio DJ and then for six years and once that went away um, that station got uh, you know um, reformatted I was just like well what else do I love to do I'm like let's just go full-time acting and so I've just been going non-stop now for 20 years um, pretty much and um, and now like now I'm a producer in the movie with Kanan yep. and um, you know we have a lot of things coming up down the pipeline and I think it's opposite from what Kanan said as far as um, he think you know, like how he said, you know, these other people get, you know, like gave Robert Rodriguez, you know, big, uh, the big studios gave Robert Rodriguez all this, you know, this love and distribution. Mm-hmm. I think it's better for filmmakers now um, because there are so many more outlets uh, for content to be produced. There's, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, YouTube Red. There's all kinds of other things, you know, that that there's so many people they just want content they want content mm-hmm. content 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 apps want content whatever it is so I think now is a great time to be a filmmaker now is a great time to be an actor because so many people want content and um, you know and so I'm really excited about what we all have coming up with headphones and you know um, I have a lot of other projects you know that I've shot you know I'll be in LA in two weeks a, a movie called Hung Up um, that we got into the Method Film Festival um, and uh, it was directed by uh, Anna Shadi and Calvin Miller, and it's a, it's a dark comedy as well. And so there's a lot of things out there. I'm really excited. I think 2019 is going to be an amazing year. Not a doubt. And um, I'm really hyped. And like I said, you know, we got great news this morning that yep. Headphones is going to be at the Webisode Festival in Houston on uh, April 27th. And I and I actually will say I agree with Danny about having a lot of outlets. I'm I'm more what I was kind of touching on with the distribution is, you know, it, it like indie film is kind of it's always been you know like art house and, and things like that where where they've been sort of in their own realm i just feel like getting like having all the outlets you have sometimes it's hard to find things like it like it's not as like focused as it used to be which isn't a bad thing like yes there are a lot of outlets i, I will agree with that but but sometimes it's like you know there's I'm, so much content yeah, yeah, exactly. for sure. it's like there's so much content you're like Oh, what do I watch? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I get anxiety sometimes when I go on Netflix and I go, no, I can't do this. I got to go yeah. on a walk now. <laughs> it's true. But, um, but hey, you know, that's not a bad thing because, you know, like I said, there's, there are, you know, at, back in the day, you could only be in movie theaters yeah. or on television or a play. Yeah. You know, now it's like Everywhere. people can watch you on their phone. Like, yep. I have a project, you know, right, that's about to be on Amazon, like, in a couple weeks. You know, we have Murder Book coming out. 
I have My Ranger, which we won, um, which is a comedy directed by David Reyes, um, coming out on Amazon in a couple weeks. Um, you know, Trip into the Altar is a movie that I'm in that's on Amazon right now. Um, Trap Plane, which is award-winning web series that um, I star in, which director Juan C. Vasquez directed, is on Amazon right now. We won Best Drama at the NYC Web Fest in New York City. We have stuff out there now, you know, and which anybody in the world can see now, yep. which is an amazing thing, you know, that, you know, that that's going to last forever, you know. Our kids are going to see us in movies, you know, yep. because film is forever, yep. you know, um, unless someone just destroys the internet and then <laughs> then we're screwed. But yeah, it's like a 50 50 channel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that could happen. So whenever you guys go to uh, these web festivals and like you have films and like people see you, you know, getting pictures snapped on the red carpet with the backdrops and all that. For someone who's never been or experienced like that, like just take us through what, what it's actually like to go to a fest where you have a project. Well, I. Uh, I can speak on that. Um, I can you know, too. Yeah, for today. Yeah, and, um, it's a, uh, it's it's different. You know, if if you go to your own premiere with family and friends, it's great because it's a very supportive audience. Now, if you go to a film festival, you're in a movie theater full of strangers, and they're watching you work. You know, so it, you might like your movie, but you you don't know how the audience is going to react. So it's a fun feeling because you're like, oh wow, we're going to be on the big screen. But also as artists, you know, you're your own worst critic. You know, so at first, you know, when I first started, I was like, oh, yay, I'm on the big screen. But no, now, like, you watch yourself on the screen and you're like, what could I have done differently? And you, you're your own right. critic. Mm -hmm. And then you, you just want people to, you know, enjoy your work and you don't know how that audience is going to react. So although it's fun, it's also a little nerve wracking. Right. You know, that's why you get, that's why a lot of these film festivals have drinks. Right. You know, like, hey, exactly. watch you go have a drink and then watch your movie, you know. And then once it's done, then um, obviously you got into a festival for a reason. You know the the judges liked it to get in, so usually um, you know other people like it as well, and you know you get to meet a lot of other filmmakers. So sometimes you'll meet somebody at a film festival, and they'll remember you, and you'll work with them down the road. Happened to me in New York, uh, and I, I met this guy named Tom Chamberlain, and he's from Austin, but we were at the same film festival in New York, and it just so happened he just kept wanting to like you know he kept networking with, networking with me. And then he put me in his uh, web series called The Pantsless Detective. But it was just like, you know, one of these things, like, you know, it's just a great feeling. It's a lot of support around film festivals. And people are all excited because they're, they're there for the same reason. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, speaking on, you know, going to, to festivals and things like that, um, South by last year was really the first one that I, that I went in attendance to because I had a project that was screening during that. Uh, and it was our Rebel Without a Crew show. So we screened the first two episodes that night. And... You know, as, as an editor, which was primarily what I was doing before that, um, and, and obviously for that show I was a supervising editor, you know, I, I rarely sit down and watch the episode with people who have never seen it. I'm, yeah. I'm in a room with my producers, my directors, uh, and, you know, working on notes and things like that and getting it the best version that we can, and then we kind of, like, let it go, and then it's like, all right, on to the next project. You know, you obviously watch it at home or however you're taking in the content, but it was the first time I had something on a big screen that I had worked on. First time that I was like meeting all these people. Like I had just met Danny like two days before that. And I, I had walked in and, and I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to screen it. And I remember so many people wanted to see it that we actually had to use two theaters instead of one. And we all sat down and I was like freaking the fuck out because <laughs> I was just like, I've never done this with anybody. Oh, also, by the way, there were reality show cameras 
watching us watch the movie. Right. <laughs> yeah, watch, so, yeah, so that was weird. New right. angle. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and, I had a, and I had a flask in my pocket, so I, I was like, oh, I can't take that out now because there's cameras everywhere, you know, so I didn't want to be that guy. Pull out the long sleeve shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it is. It, it's a bit nerve-wracking watching it with other people, but, and same thing, I, you know, I think as you do it more and more, it becomes less and less nerve-wracking because like when we did headphones, you know, obviously you're surrounded by family and friends for that one because it was our cast and crew screening. But there were some people there who, you know, were, were new to me that were friends of Danny's that, you know, bringing a bunch of people in. But it's still a bunch of people who had never seen the film. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I was showing it to anyone else outside of just me. Yeah, I hadn't even seen it. I had never seen headphones until we saw the cast and crew screening. So I saw it the same time you did. Yeah, you that's know? what people were always, they yeah. were asking me, you know, I know you did that project, what's it all about? I'm like, guys, I have no idea, you just have to right. wait and find out. Yeah. Right. I I, uh, I kind of, I prefer that. Like, right. I prefer to go to a screening because like you're talking about, by the time, if you're involved with the project, most of the time you've seen it dozens of yeah, times right, before right. it even gets to a finished version. Right. So I like to go and like, just almost people watch right. someone that's doing a project that I'm involved with because it, right. it feels like, Instead of getting it through a rose-colored glass, you get like the raw yeah, reaction right. of yeah. what's really going exactly. on. Exactly, exactly, and and so and and we had a we had a great reaction to headphones, which was amazing. Oh, but, it was awesome! But it was yeah. but it was still the same feeling of like you know you're kind of there and you're like, all right, like I'm putting this out there. Like it, it, it's this weird kind of vulnerable place when you're out there, like as an artist and, and as a content creator, because you know it's like this is your work like this is what i thought was good like this is what i felt was the best version of what this could be and you know i i had my fair share of critics on it you know i sent it to a couple people people had their notes and you know i cool like there's always going to be yeah you need those people yeah there's always going to be those people but the the over the overwhelming response to this has just been so positive and and so great so you know i i think i think that's kind of what we all live for is is you know, artists and, and, and being in this industry is, you know, it, it's that like, you know, getting it out there and, and entertaining people, which is just, you know, when, when, even if I've done that for 15 minutes, it makes me feel better than, you know, anything. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um, a lot of people listening will be very familiar. You guys are mentioning Robert Rodriguez. Yep. A lot of people know his name more than some of the others. What's it like kind of working side by side with that guy? I've, both of you guys have actually, but mm-hmm. I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been unreal i've learned a lot from him um we we actually used a couple of the tricks in headphones that that i had learned from him and you know just how to shoot better um maximizing your time but but the guy is on just another level with this stuff i mean when you watch him on set and you see him work it is just like you're you're like i i how are you doing this it's it's pretty unbelievable it really has been just a great learning experience more than anything. Like I've learned more about filmmaking from him in the last year than I have in my entire life. Yeah, and that's the same thing with me. I got the opportunity to um, work on the television show uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Um, and I got to work on 20 episodes of that TV show. So it's two seasons um, on that show as a stand-in and a body double and as a vampire. Um and being on a set for that long, you learn a lot. And it was filmed right here in Austin, you know, and at his studios, Troublemaker Studios. And 
you know, he built that himself. I mean, that's his studio. I was about to say, I feel like he makes it a point to shoot his he films does. here. He does, and, you know, and, and if you pay including, attention... Including Alita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alita yeah. Ballinger, which is the biggest movie in the country right now, yep. you know? And, um, you know, and uh, just being on that, that's really what made me grow as an actor. Um, because I was learning every part of the film process, you know? And um, after season two of From Dust Till Dawn... The, the, the crew asked me to come on as production assistant under Robert. And so I got to shoot the uh, um, Demi Lovato music video, uh, Confident, um, and also the as John Malkovich 100 Year Project with Robert Rodriguez as well. I got to do this back-to-back on the crew side, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so, you know, I always try to support him and what he does because he's trying to, you know, he's an independent filmmaker who's now, you know, big-budget filmmaker, um, but he always tries to hire locals. He tries to work with the same people. He tries to keep it Austin. And um, I, I learned a lot from him. I, I don't think I would have been able to, to be, I don't think me and Cannon would be able to produce headphones if we didn't work with Robert right. or even any of that. We wouldn't have even met. Yeah. Right. And, and again, like so much of what we utilized on headphones was a lot of, you know, tips and tricks. And I mean, things that you learn kind of, again, by osmosis or just seeing him do mm-hmm. it and you're like, oh wait, you know what? I mm-hmm. saw him do this. Like, you can totally do it this way. And what's great is, you know, it now, today, actually, later today, um, we're, uh, this will probably air later, but uh, but later today, Danny and I are actually going to go to his, he made another film for $7,000 called Red Eleven. And we're going to the premiere of that today. And as well as the documentary that I worked on with him, which gets into that filmmaking process and it shows his tips and tricks and like how he casts or how he does you know like visual effects or why he picks music or how sound effects can really amplify something else and and so that's that was a really great project to work on and that is also where i learned a lot of stuff just by working on that project with him yeah so we're gonna go to the premiere tonight and then they're having the after party at troublemaker studios the alita set which is pretty cool um you know it's a 200 million dollar movie the film right here in austin texas Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we're uh, we're excited, you know, grateful and blessed, man. Yeah, yeah man. You guys have been awesome guests so far. So before we wrap things up, future projects, what's going on? What you got coming down uh, the pipeline I, uh, that you can talk about? Yeah, I, I got. Um, well, I'm I'm currently going to go work on this uh, show for Disney Plus, uh, which is Disney's new streaming service. Uh, it's based off of a documentary, um, a documentary film about guide dogs for the blind. So that should be a really kind of interesting and heartwarming show. Um, personal projects. I've got. Uh, I've got my next short film is written. Uh, we're in pre-production. Uh, production schedules are getting pushed, obviously, because I'm going to be working in San Francisco. But um, but I have that one coming up. That's that, and it's a complete left turn from what Headphones was. Like Headphones was this horror comedy and like sort of fun and silly movie. This is going to be much more stylistic, really leaning, cinematography heavy. Um, not a lot of on-screen dialogue, but it's. A, basically a visual poem is the way that I can describe it to people. And I think it's going to be wonderful. And then, uh, then Danny and I are actually talking about working on something together too here in Austin. Yeah. Um, you know, right now, uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. Right now I have uh, sponsors, which is a web series directed by, uh, Juan C. Vasquez, um, that we shot, uh, in Houston. Um, that's coming out. I think we're gonna have a screening here on Thursday. Um, he's just getting the final information on that. Um, I have another, um, you know, project that I shot a pilot for called Muddy Waters, um, which we're going to find out in the next 30 days if that gets picked up for nine more episodes. So we're really hoping we do that. And then uh, me and Kanan, yeah, I, I have a project that uh, that I have, uh, a short film 
that I want to work with Kanan on. Um, me and uh, a writer named David L. Carter wrote a story called Stealing Austin. And it's kind of a, um, it's a story that I really want to put to screen. I want to direct for my first time. And I, I would love for Kanan to come help shoot it. And then, um, you know, get this movie out there before the end of the year. Cool. Yeah. Contact information. How do people go see y'all's work? Get in contact with you. Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, whatever. Instagram works for me. Uh, you can look me up there. It's just at Kanan Capshaw, K-A-N-A-N, Capshaw, C-A-P-S-H-A-W. Just Google Danny Trevino actor. You can find me real easy. Uh, IMDb, <laughs> That's sir. That's right, IMDb, baby. Come find me. Also, make sure to, if you're in the Houston area, um, April 27th, please, please, please come support. Uh, Headphones, the movie is going to be playing uh, at the... Uh, the Bayou Palace in Houston, Texas. We'd love for you all to come see it. Uh, Drew Faye's in it, Danny Trevino, Katusha Robert, and directed by Kenny Capshaw. Uh, that's what's up. In my site podcast. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be keeping it real with y'all. Coming at you with the new right here on the In My Sight Podcast. Peace. Peace. <laughs>